Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One honeydew. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd, not a honeydew at all. <laughs> we, I don't know. We are the Handsome Voice Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 117. It's a good number. That's not bad. I wonder if it's a prime number. Mm, maybe. I think so. I'm doing math. It is a composite number, not oh, prime. Okay. Google just told me. 39 times 3. Who would have thought that? People who know, people who know math. <laughs> people who actually take time to multiply things, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't change facts. Still a good number. Got a good episode for you guys. Uh, we are continuing our journey into Runaways, doing volume 2, 1 through 18 this week in book club. I have some things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Things. Things. Not sure my feelings are complicated. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh, but before we do that, you talk about the comic books that came out this week. Mm-hmm. Right, Eric? On, on Wednesday, usually. Wednesdays, where comic books come from. Yeah, that, that's, that's where they come from. Wednesday. It's just like babies. Babies come from Wednesdays. That's why it's hump day. Oh, nice. I like it. It's good. Not, not prepared at all, ladies <laughs> that, and gentlemen. That, just off the cuff. You'll be here all week. Well, this whole podcast, I will be here. <laughs> I have other things to do. Tip your weight staff. Surround it. Yes, you definitely, I, you definitely should tip your weight staff. Uh, but let's get into that. Comics, not weight staff. Right. It is time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, with maybe a mush meter involved at some point. Mm hmm But maybe not. Depends. Depends on how we, how we feeling. Mm hmm Depends on our feelings. With no G's. Uh, first book this week is from Under Mountains. Number one. Uh, the credits page is on the final page. Makes perfect sense. Art and colors by Sloan Long? Long? Uh, story and script, Claire Gibson. Cover and story, Marion Churchland. Letters, Ariana Maurer. Mayor? Maurer? Are pages 34 and 35 by Brandon Graham. Um, this important contribution, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, he nary a butt to be seen. He didn't throw in any butts in here. Uh, this is another medieval fantasy Game of Thronesy little bit, yeah. but you know, spirit supernatural stuff. I have forgotten the name of the uh, the, the old all fathery like cultural mashup one. That had zombie sharks in it. What was that called? I know exactly we, what you're we, talking about. I cannot remember can't, it. Can't remember the name either. Mm -hmm. This is really super good radio. <laughs> Very excellent. Uh, it does remind me of that. I, 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 uh, I don't, it occurred to me just this moment to mention it. Damn. I don't even know how to look this up. It's okay. Uh, my question for you, Eric, is there, there's, I say there's, no, there's nothing bad about this. Like, everything no. about it is competent at worst. Like, everything, it looks nice, the writing is solid, uh, 
I just don't necessarily have any desire for more of this. I think that there is, that's sort of the problem with it, is it's not unique enough or it's not aggressive enough about putting what's unique about it in front of you. Everything in this we've seen before, and none of it is particularly extra compelling. Like, I don't think that there's there's not a whole lot in Game of Thrones that we haven't seen. Um, but it is a very compelling world, and it's very deep. Mm-hmm. And this, I feel like they should have... I feel like they should have gotten to the point of this a little bit quicker. They should have gone a little bit less slow in this issue, put a few more hooks in there, and given you more reasons to come back. I think that that's how I look at this and how I react to it. Yeah. It... I, I, I think that it's just sort of structuring problems. That I, I feel Marion Churchland, I don't really know um, uh, really of her ability as a uh, – a story shaper. She didn't write the script for this, but she and uh, Claire Gibson uh, came up with the story together. I can't imagine it's going to be as bland as this issue throughout all of it. I, I have faith in her coolness and her talent, but this is this is vanilla. Yeah, I, 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 there's nothing spectacular about it. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It's not bad, but it's nothing. I would go like, this is the best of this. You should read it. Yeah, it's just another medieval fantasy type story. Mm. The character you don't get any anything about any one character that makes me go, I want to see more about them. You just get you know kind of you get just enough about a character to go like, yeah, that feels like another one of those. Like the the princess that's not allowed to travel, you know the mm-hmm. you know the 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 outcast he- hero that needs to come back, or you know like there's you know, seen, there's nothing about them that like surpass their tropes. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna go do not buy. I completely agree, and it is always a shame when something is good but not worthy of buy. It's it's unless you just love Marion Churchland and she is. She is quite lovable, and she doesn't even draw this. She does the cover layouts, and yeah, I. It's fine, but there's no, there's no need. Do not buy. So double do not buy from Under Mountains number one. I probably will probably check into number two though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good enough way to look at it. That it's a creative team that is. It's not gonna. It's not wretched. It just. It doesn't make you sick. It could very easily be turned around very quickly. Um, next up is Diesel number one, Tyron, Tyson Hess's Diesel number one. This, I bent our rules a little bit, Eric. Oh, yes? This comic is not from this week. Oh, I am very glad that you threw it in here. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, actually stumbled upon it on, uh, Tumblr, and yeah, I, it's, I, it's, it's I a few... Yeah, I Tyson Hess on Twitter. I've known him for, known him for years, known of him anyway. Yeah, I, I, uh... Just, uh, it's a few weeks old. I mean, it is relatively recent, but it's only, it's a, mm-hmm. it hasn't come out this week. But it was a little, I couldn't really find anything that, you know, was extra super compelling for us to check in with. And I was just like, oh, this looks really interesting. And, uh, I thought we should read it. It's the second issue hasn't come out yet. So we're still kind of ahead of the curve a little bit. Uh, see, so written and illustrated by Tyson has coloring assistance by Marielle Cartwright, letters by Jim Campbell. Um, I, what I saw on Tumblr was just like a very brief kind of pitch, you know, the kind of, I guess the solicitation you'd see and, uh, some of the samples of the art and they threw in like some Studio Ghibli 
mm-hmm. yeah, references in there, and that is certainly in here. Uh, fem- young female protagonist, uh, you know, kind of a fantastical world on a flying airship. Um, I really enjoyed this. This is, th- if I could make a comic, it would be this comic. I mean, I could make a comic if I wanted to, but it would be a lot like this comic. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy this very thoroughly. I am a fan of, uh, of Mr. Hess. I think it was boxer hockey that he did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I'm not even going to Google that since you're telling me I'm right. Uh, it was in the, the, the little Tumblr thing I saw. We're like, you know him from this and this and then how he's yeah. doing this. Yeah, I uh, I had retweeted some of his stuff, and I am a big fan. So I I thought maybe you had seen it there, but I'm glad that it got to you through other ways because it was off my radar that it had come out already. And I am incredibly glad that we're reading it because it is it is it is exactly the kind of book I want to see more of. Yeah, it's it's great looking, mm-hmm. and the writing's really solid as well. It has yes. a lot of character. A lot of personality in even like the minor characters. This like the whole world feels lived in, and I. It, I think that this succeeds in all the ways that. Uh, what the hell's that other book? Uh, Under the mountain. What was it called? From under mountains. From, from under mountains. It succeeds. They're basically doing the same thing uh, in in starting a new story and world building, and it's something that we theoretically know nothing about. We're introducing world and characters and situation all at once. And this, this gets right to showing you characters' personality. Um, the, the comedy is, is punchy and well-timed. All the characters look unique and dynamic. And it, it does not waste time, uh, baiting the hook and putting it in there. No, you're right away. It's like yeah. action, 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 setting mm-hmm. scenes, you know. Setting that time bomb, as you like to mm-hmm. say. Yeah, it, it, it certainly works. And I, uh, I could not be more pleased with this. This is, this book is cute. It's fun. It's beautifully well drawn and l- wonderfully painted. Um, I, I could not be higher on this. Like if I, if I could make a comic book as good as this one. I would be very pleased with myself. Yeah, this, this is, is a, a wonderful book. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm I'm a buy. It's really great. Uh, I'm gonna be following this. Uh, even Absolutely. if we we may I don't know we may eventually just do this uh, for a book club or something once it's collected. Um, who knows? But anyway, uh, double buy on Diesel number one. D Diesel. D Diesel. That's a that's a good name. I like that name. Mm-hmm. She's a she's already looking to be a uh, cute and fun character. Yeah, and it's it's nice that. Um, She's flawed, and that is always very important in a character. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a it's a fine line there between flawed mm-hmm. and and interesting. Yeah, yeah. You want it to be flawed so she's a, a rich character, and we can see character growth, but at the same time, to to still be likable. And I think they managed to do all these things. Our next book, Eric, takes us to hell. Of course it does. Of course. Uh, it is Godzilla in Hell number three, uh, written by Ulysses Farinas and Eric Fritas, art by Buster Moody, color assist by Ludwig Laguna Olimba, uh, edits by Bobby Kernow, uh, letters, and creative consultant Chris Mowry. Um, a little departure from the first two issues, which were uh, drawn, written and drawn by one person each. Mm-hmm. Uh, this 
this uh, I this comic was already very weird. Mm-hmm. It has gotten weirder. Agreed. It's very strange. Now there's like an- little angels and demons helping. Mm-hmm. Now worshiping Godzilla. Godzilla is God now, apparently. I don't don't understand what's submit serve. He crushes a little angel guy and it's so crazy. It's just like, it's just like primal rage. Is it? Do you know what primal rage is? Is it a video game? It is a video game from, when did it come out? It's a fighting game. Probably an arcade game from the nineties, probably in the nineties. I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Where, uh, you played as giant dinosaurs. Yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. You peed on people and stuff? You, there was a guy and his finisher was a, he would pee on people and it like burned them to their skeleton or something. (laughs) Of course, like you do. Um, But you, there were like little people, there were little humans that worshipped you as a god. Mm Mm-hmm. And you could eat them and get your life back. And that's, that, that is what this book is. This is the comic book version of Primal Rage. Yeah, this, this, from issue to issue, I'm not sure if I've, uh, in recent memory, we've seen a comic that is so wildly disparate Mm -hmm. in tone. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very, like, the first one was Stoko being Stoko, Mm -hmm. and then the next one was, uh, you know, like, uh, painterly and, 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 like, inspired by, like, classical paintings, and then this one is Primal Rage as the first comparison. Yeah. It's, it is, it's, it's more like Primal Rage than anything. I, I, I don't, I'm enjoying it. I don't know, I, I, I don't know if I want to call yeah. it good, but it's, it's certainly, it's fun. certainly, right, it's certainly not good, but I think this one has finally achieved the full on stupidity that it needs. <laughs> I did, I, I, like, I want to hate this book. Like, I'm like, this is so dumb, but like, I can't not just look at it and be like, this is so stupid and smile. Like when he's, when he's eating the angels, <laughs> it's, it's so preposterous. It makes zero sense and it doesn't matter. Yeah. I- I'm a buy. I'm going to say I'm a buy. Mm. This is a struggle for me <laughs> because I don't really care for this and I don't think I would spend my money on it. I think other, I think I enjoy it and I think that I would potentially recommend it to some people or recommend it to people that enjoy Godzilla or enjoy, uh, you know, the kaiju genre, um, because it's fun and it is nicely drawn, but I will not care about it. I like the last one better than this one. So maybe that makes this a buy with a five out of five. On, on the, the aforementioned mush meter. Okay. So, that, with the averaging, doing average, mm-hmm. pe- using my power of averaging, mm-hmm. uh, it's a 2.5 buy, double buy, 2.5. Yes. Uh, next up, our only superhero book of the week. It seems to be very prevalent lately where we have fewer and fewer superhero books. Because mm-hmm. most of them I've... seem like garbage. <laughs> Just yeah, this is, it's, it's, I don't know. I kind of want to look around and see what we're missing so I can agree with you later. I, yeah. I mean, maybe next week we'll just do all superheroes and dabble in all the books that yeah. I've been very hesitant to check in with because they look. I, I think it's fine. We can have crap week. Okay. Uh, but this week we are doing Aquaman number 44, written by Colin Bunn, Al Morgan doing layouts, Art Thibert, 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 Thibert. Where's it at? It's on okay. this. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and Jesus Marino doing finishes, Guy Major on colors, Tom Napolitano on letters. Um, 
this is is done away with that then and now thing that we were that we. I'm very glad. Yeah, uh, but this is mostly just uh, uh, Aquaman, like kind of arguing with the. Uh, she's an imposter. We find out. Mm-hmm. Shapeshifter. Um, and then uh, they have uh, some sexy times. Yeah, they get they they get it on. Um, what do you think, Eric? Um, well, as as is well established, I like Mister Bun. Um, not enough happens in this issue. I was the yeah. arts. The arts beautiful. Um, there's there's a lot of lady in her underwear, which never hurts my feelings that much. A lot of it is recapping. Yeah, it's it's very recappy. Is this? Uh, he couldn't possibly be in a second a second part of this arc, is he? No, I don't think so. It, that, it doesn't seem like it. Um, there have not been that many issues. We followed every one. I is, felt like maybe we is, missed one. We missed one, um, but this is still the yeah. fourth issue. I want to say in the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there is. It's I, I don't know if there's going to be a if there is an open and shut. I feel like this is the end of this arc is really just going to be another kind of yes. a beginning into a larger story. Yes. I, I feel like the it, it's shaping to be like a rescue situation, and then kind of from that broaching into the larger story about these this sub world and stuff like that. Um, I, I, despite not, a lot, I still like this more than the last issue. Really? Yeah, I do. I I feel like it's. I don't know, like, despite nothing, like, it feels like not a lot happens, I feel like it at least does something and it doesn't have that then and now stuff, Mm -hmm. and, like, I feel like it really does, it nails, like, the, the, this dialogue and, you know, tell, this conversation between, between Aquaman and the, the shape-shifting lady. I guess it's Mm -hmm. a twin, honestly, I don't think she's shape-shifting. Yeah. Um, but. She says, she says it's her sister. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like it, Set something in motion. I'm not sure if I felt that way at all in the last issue. Um, I'm still a little mushy. Mm-hmm. Probably three. Bye with a three. But I still feel like it, I just wish, I do wish there's more happening. I wish it was faster, but then I, I don't, I don't wanna, I don't know where it's going, but I don't know. The pacing feels off. That, hence the mush. Yeah. I can, uh, I like your assessment, but I mean, I, it's just too slow. It's too empty. Okay. It's almost entirely just the reveal, which we already knew. It's just dramatic irony at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 already knew at this point that the siren was the villain mm-hmm. and pretending to be this. Oh, I I can't remember her name. Huh? I don't remember uh, her name. It, it is siren, isn't it? No. Oh, her name? I'm not sure. I can't even remember the the queen's name. So. Uh, this is what happens when you don't really follow these characters. No, exactly. I've I've never followed Aquaman, so no, no one does. But I, this is still it's still a good Aquaman story. I think it's still a buy. What was what was your uh, what was your number? Three. This feels pretty three. <laughs> okay, so in agreement, double buy, Mush Meter three, Aquaman forty four. Uh, I'm I really hope it. I do hope that it picks mm-hmm. up. I want yeah. it, I want more. I guess, and that's not a bad problem to have, but when multiple issues in a row, you're like, I feel like more could happen, but, uh, it's the age we live in, kind of. And it is even more evident after read our next book, uh, which is Providence, number five, uh, story, Alan Moore, art, Jason Burroughs, uh, color, Juan Rodriguez, letters, Kurt Hathaway. Um, you know, Alan Moore's still writing comic books. He hasn't stopped. He just, you know, not writing, writing less of the things that we, you know, 
I don't know. It's strange that we think of Alan Moore as one of the best comic writers of all time. Yet it's not a big deal when a new comic of his comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a number five. It, I'm very confused by that. Yeah, that like it feels really like it's a, it feels like it's the introduction to the story. Um, which makes me want to go back and read the first four just to see what happens in those four issues. Like it feels like this story is beginning right now. Like this the dude comes into this town. It's a it's a Lovecraftian story. Yes, it, it 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 you get that pretty quickly. Yeah, this dude's in you know he's in the northeast and you know encountering spookums and, and scarums. There's a meteor that crashed. He's investigating. Um, lots of dialogue. Lots and lots and lots of dialogue. Lots of dialogue. Uh, but it does like a lot. Like you get a lot of stuff in it because of all that dialogue. It it it's. I mentioned that uh, the 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 segue. The like it's the that decompressed first compressed story. The storytelling and maybe not like you don't. A lot of time doesn't necessarily go by in this issue, but you get a lot of character and a lot of story because there's mm-hmm. so much uh, dialogue and and discussion between the characters. I, I, it makes me want to read the first four issues. I, I want to read all I don't this. Know, I don't know how this could be a fifth issue. It confounds me that this feels like a number one. It does. That's what I was like. Okay, well, it's an Alan Moore story. It's a number five. It's going to be, I don't, I, we'll check it out. I don't know. Maybe we might, we, we get lost, but it, the exact opposite happened where we're like, this, it feels like the beginning. It's so strange. Uh, I but I like it. I think it would just be like exactly trolly enough of Alan Moore to uh, release only issue five. <laughs> I'm looking at Comicsology right now. There are four there, issues before. There are four it. other ones. Yes. I wish that the, I wish that that was the case though. I want to look at the store. I'm gonna, I'm buying issue one right now. Good. I'm really curious what's gonna. I. It feels like this. I don't know. It it must other things must happen. I mean, that's a dumb thing to say, but I mean, like, like we basically get the plot ticket, you know, in towards the end of this book, mm-hmm. and it feels like it's going off somewhere, but that's that's an odd place to put it if that's the fifth one. It should be pretty well established what's going on. I don't know. I am, I am dying to know what is going on. I'm looking at one right now. He's in the city. Huh. And we're getting a little bit, some flashbacks of his character. He's talking to dudes in the city, getting him, you know, in the olden days, I don't know, hmm. investigating things. I guess it's just that the lead up is him following a trail to this town. That's my hmm. best guess without having read the, you know, everything. If that's what it seems like. It's just a trail of his investigations. Maybe. I hmm. don't know. I'm gonna, I'm buying all these. We'll have to check it out. They're meaty. Yeah, they're, they're more of the same. Yeah. We'll read them all and be like, yeah, start with number five. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a buyer number five. Yeah, I I am as well. I was really baffled by it until we get to, we get to Mr. Plot Ticket and we're like, oh, there's a rat thing and that's different. (laughs) Hey, horror. Yeah. Monsters. Blam. (laughs) But it's still good. It looks nice. It, Alan Moore is a, a good writer. It's, 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 he's, it, he's the original writer. That's very true. The original writer. <laughs> the worst. <I'm> dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, double buy. Providence is number five. 
You don't even need to read one through four. Apparently, apparently, apparently not. Because I we got a I got everything I needed out of it without. But I I just went back and bought them all, so I will be reading them. I am I am looking forward to this. Maybe we can throw in a discussion about it after uh, after floppies. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. Um, did you read anything else? Um, this, this no, I I still haven't read Saga, Steven Universe, uh, Zodiac Star Force, or Avatar. They're still sitting here on my desk unread. I uh, I read some uh, Legends of the Dark Knight, some Batman. That's not new, cool. but you know, I read a little bit of a Grant Morrison story. Cool. And I read a, a Tim Sale drew it, but it wasn't. It wasn't Jeff, a lobe. It wasn't a lobe. It was a uh, guy who wrote Starman. Um, I can't remember his name. Airboy. Recent Airboy. Why can't I mm. can't think of his name? James Robinson. James Robinson and Tim Sale uh, do a little ba- a self-contained Batman story. Uh, those are the Legends of the Dark Knight were was the early days of Batman. Uh, sto- a book that just you know told various stories from his early days. Um, the poor Robin, basically. They're very good. Got them in the Batman sale. I've also caught up on Injection, finally. That's a, that's a very good comic book. I really like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I, I think for, I probably read something else, but I can't remember. Um, you ready for, for next segment there? I am, I am ready to segment it up. Good. Uh, floppies over. Time for checking in. Uh, checking in Spar Show, Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to uh, in the week or so uh, since our last episode, and uh, tell you, you know, give you recommendations or give you ideas or anti-recommendations. Mm-hmm. Eric, what you been up to? You had a birthday. I did have a birthday. Welcome someone to birthday. Me, someone, someone got me gay pornography. It's not pornography for my birthday. It is literally pornography. It's just it's okay that it's pornography. Okay. It is a comic book with cum shots in it. Okay, I guess that is pornography then. <laughs> That's pornography. And it's it's okay that it is. I still appreciate it. I appreciate erotica. Um yeah, I feel really weird that I have this now. <laughs> You're you are both a good and bad friend for getting it for me. You said you wanted it. I do, but now I feel all strange. <laughs> it's okay. It's art it book. Is, okay. It's art. It, it is. It is. It's going to go on my shelf and make me look like a, a, a really weird and quirky gentleman. Yeah, you're well read. Yeah, I, I actually am looking forward to uh, to reading it. I I appreciate lust in artwork, even though I'm I'm not particularly attracted to dudes or drawings of dudes. X. I just <laughs> I, th- I think I can appreciate the craft and the intention behind it. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's, but it's, it's uh, w- massive, mm-hmm. is what it is called. I think the subtitle is uh, "Erotic Gay Manga and the Men That Draw It." I don't know. I am uh, I'm pretty fascinated to take a look from it. As it stands, it's still in the cellophane. But uh, that I wasn't even going to talk about it. But <laughs> but uh, I was just going to talk about friggin' Inktober. Ah, yeah, I saw your draw. I've seen your drawings. Yep, because Inktober. Mm-hmm. Because of course. Of course. I like oh, your, man, I, I like is... your beardy Ryu. Ah, I I had fun with that one. I like I like I like the Ryu. I like beardy Ryu. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of a lot of people do, and those people are women. <laughs> if if you are not familiar with this, I I imagine you are, Robbie. 
Are you familiar with with Hot Ryu? Uh, the hashtag Hot Ryu? No, 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 I'm not. Okay, so that is what Beard Ryu is colloquially called, is Hot Ryu. Okay. Because women are collectively losing their fucking minds about bearded, ripped Ryu with his shirt off. Um, but it's like a weird, I think it's like a weird hashtag where people are writing like little tweet-sized short stories about how uh, Hot Ryu is like the perfect boyfriend. <laughs> it's really kind of somewhere between like, aw, you know, and ugh. <laughs> I think it's, I don't know, it is a healthy expression of sexuality. It is a lot less creepy than uh, creep shots of uh, dudes reading on, you know, and not asking their permission to take a picture of them. It's, 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 it's okay with me, I guess. And I think he looks pretty awesome. He does. Yeah. But anyway, God, Inktober, so good. Have you seen... Uh, I guess this is an offshoot of Inktober. Mm-hmm. Is Drawloween? Have you seen it? You <laughs> I'm seen gonna it? look that up. It, it's basically just giving, uh, like, it's a basically idea guide for like it gives you a different spooky thing to draw oh, every day. Oh, okay. So like on the cool. first day it's a ghost, and the second day it's a you know whatever skeleton. Or... So you could, uh, yeah, you could totally do both. Yeah, at the same exactly. time. Yeah. No, this is great. Um, I'm seeing what this. This is useless. <laughs> This Tumblr page that it brings me to, it just doesn't look that, it's whatever, doesn't matter. I hate this. But it's, uh, it's, it's bringing some pretty good content. Yes. I, I just, the seeing the stuff that you and like your Facebook, the Facebook algorithm is feeding me things that you like sometimes. Mm -hmm. They look really good. And Tumblr, of course, I get a steady supply of random stuff and Twitter as well from all the artists who follow. Like it's always great. Like seeing all these, like, like the dude, uh, who, who does, Mainly just paintings for the WWE, just as wrestler paintings. Mm-hmm. He did a Godzilla today. It was awesome. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's the nice thing about it is, um, and I think that's very much the spirit of Inktober. I mean, when you do an ink drawing, it's an unforgiving medium. It is a fast and unforgiving medium. Once you do it, it is there forever, and you can try and cover it up, or it just has to be that way. So, I mean, I think it's just sort of about decisively just picking something, picking a subject, doing a drawing, getting it done quick, you know, mm-hmm. and and just kicking your ass and doing something, you know, and it's it's been great. You know, I was, like, deeply depressed last year, and Inktober you know, helped me pull out of that, actually make myself do something. Having a goal uh, is good. It is. It's helpful, you know. It's very, very helpful. Um, but I'm excited to do it this year. You know, I've started, uh, I've started my drawing club up and I am, I, I've encouraged a lot of people to, in, in Tampa to do Inktober. And it's, uh, it's great. It's really cool that people are getting into it. So I, it's, it's beautiful. Art is, is the best. I'm typing things. Am I? I am. Oh, okay. But I'm, I'm actually hosting a little event. Tonight, I'm going to have some people um, meet me at a, a, a restaurant and get some Inktober drawings done. It's cool. But, yeah. You want to tell me about some shooty things? <laughs> I have some video games to talk about. Oh, do you? Yes. Are they shooty? They, one of them is. One of them's, one of them's kind of shooty? Yeah, it has it's in, its, in its name. 
it's it's pretty clear. The first uh, thing I want to talk about is a mobile game. Uh oh, can't look it up on Steam. It's yes, it's available only on iPhone right now. I believe the Android version is coming. I'm sure they do that. I uh, the iOS version first because it makes them the most money. Yes, um, unfortunately. Uh, but it is from uh, some of the, the uh, two of the fellows from Hipster Whale who did uh, uh, Crossy Road and most recently Pac Man 256. It is uh, them and a couple other guys from another company uh, doing a project together called Shooty Skies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you play Crossy Road, it looks very similar to Crossy Road, you know, voxel-based graphics. But instead of the Crossy Road kind of Frogger gameplay, it is like a kind of like a, I don't know, bullet hell, you know, top-down shooter. Yeah, it's it, um like R type, not R type, um like Raiden maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Um, you're like and you control a little voxel-based cute little i was like i have a cat astronaut i have like a mm-hmm. little space alien i have a robot like you 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 buy them by getting in-game currency and watching ads if you want them you you know you get the it's a, it's you know very simple but you like like you shoot like memes you shoot like pugs that shoot pugs at you and we're like giant like a giant hipster head is one of the bosses it's just not that throws like nonsense at you you have a, a giant beaver like shoots axes at you at one point, like, it's just nonsense, but it's very simple, but very fun. I like, I, it's a good, like, five minute time waster when I'm in between things, or, you know, sitting and waiting for something, or whatever, I'm playing on my phone, it's a good little, it's a fun, quick game, like, the, it, it really, they are, these guys are really good at making these very simple, but mm. very addictive games. I gotta be honest, I'm looking at it, it it's, it's a pretty exciting looking game. Yeah, it looks, I mean, that's, that's cool. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's really nice. It's, and it's not, like the, unlike the other games, it is not a, it's not a game based on, at least not complete, like, completely basing off of a, like an old game. It's just basically taking that mechanic and doing it with their kind of art style and their own, their kind of humor mm-hmm. and stuff. Did I, I was gonna say, it reminds me a lot of a, uh, an old Konami game called Parodius. Do you know what Parodius is? Mm-mm. It's basically a... Uh, I think Konami was making like Gradius yeah. at the time. And they decided to take the, the Gradius engine and make it ridiculous. <laughs> like one of the things that you fight in Parodius is a giant Vegas showgirl. Okay. Yeah, your characters, like you play as an octopus, or my favorite is there is a, uh, like a Playboy bunny with like a garter belt on, and she's riding a rocket. It, like, it's so stupid, but it's, it's this, this, this kind of randomness. Right. You know, and, and, and silliness. But I, I am very drawn to this. I think this is really cool. It's, I like that. I like that people are making games like this. Yeah, it's a it's a fun game. Like the dude, I was just doing a little bit of uh, research on it before we started, and apparently one of the guys in Hipster Whale, he's like, yeah, if I can't prototype a game within two days and then get it to beta within six weeks, uh, it's it's not worth making for a mobile game. Yes, like, of it's, course. It's not. It's like I what's it, I need. It needs to be a, like a very fast and easy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be complicated. And this. Is, these are the types of games that, like, a mobile game, they really excel at. Mm-hmm. Like, just a very simple arcade movement, one or two button control kind of thing. That's all it is. But it's really good for the, at that. It's free. I mean, there's there's ads inside. You never have to watch an ad if you don't want to. If you watch an ad, they'll give you coins, which you can get more characters with. And they're like 15 seconds. You put your phone down. 15 seconds, you get money. Whatever. Um, but the other game is the, uh, is not like, there's no shooty. 
in the, the other game. Another game is a Steam game on PC called The Beginner's Guide. Uh, it is from the creator of, uh, no, from the writer, uh, yeah, writer of, uh, The Stanley Parable. Interesting. It's a solo project. He did it all by himself. It is the other, there's another, there's another gentleman, uh, he partnered with for, uh, The Stanley Parable. This is, uh, his project all by himself. It is a weird game. Uh, it's costs $8. It says right up front, it'll take you an hour and a half. And it, I beat it in 81 minutes. So it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, I, and actually last night that was perfect. I was like, I just want a quick game that'll tell me a story. And that's exactly what this does. Um, it is not like the Stanley Parable. Stanley Parable is funny. Uh, this is not a funny game. It is in a lot of ways about game design, which I mean, the Stanley Parable does have that kind of in it about like design elements and when you're making art design choices and how a player interacts with it. And this is even more raw and emotional. Uh, it, you start off the game. And you have the the dude who makes it is talking to you. He is the narrator. And he is telling you about another game designer. And these are this guy's levels. This is the games he's made. And you're walking through them. And he tells you a story about this guy and his relationship with this guy. And his relationship with this guy's video games. Mm. And it is intensely personal and emotional. And at times uncomfortable. Like how much it is in those things. it is really interesting. It's hard. I don't want to give away any spoilers about it. You kind of have to experience it to really get the idea. I've seen a lot of people really loving it and some people really not liking it at all. Uh, I think it's very effective at communicating what it's going for uh, about not, not even just game design, but like choices in art and how art, how an audience interacts with art. Like it could be drawn out to that broad, like a, a theme. And... It's really interesting. It is a, it, like they call it a walking simulator type of game. There's no, you know, that's all you're doing. You're walking around and looking as the narrator talks to you. There's very simple interaction, but it's not like it is, you're getting told a story. And I would definitely, you'll like it, Eric, I'm sure. Like it, you at least find it interesting. I don't know if, like, liking it is a strange word because it's, at right. times, at times you're in it, you're like, ah, this makes me feel weird, but it's, it makes you think. It's very thoughtful and smart. Mm. Um, and it's like, it's $8. It's like, how much would you pay for a movie ticket? Like right. that, that's the kind of the feeling. And I, I felt like it's, it's on sale now. It's definitely worth $8. Um, it, it's as someone who like thinks about this stuff a lot. It's really interesting. And, uh, this guy's obviously very, very, very knowledgeable. And it asks a lot of interesting questions about game design, about us, people who play video games and even about like, as I said, like the broader discussion about interaction with art and, and, and things like that. I, it's great. I, re- I really like it. I'm going to play it again, I think, just to see how I feel about it a second time. Yeah, it's only a couple days old. Yeah, it came out a few days ago. I saw a review yeah. of it on a couple of new game sites, and I was like, and I like saw how quick, like I saw it pop up with Steam. I'm like, it's interesting. But yeah. Hmm. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. It, it's... I've been thinking about it ever since I stopped. I beat it. And there's, there's, there's room for interpretation as well in the story. So that's the best part about it, is that it doesn't try and give you an answer necessarily. There's answers there, but you have to kind of work, work for them. I wonder if I have, I wonder if I have the Stanley parable. I think you do. Oh, I don't think I do. Hmm. Well, you should play that too, but that's there. Well, I think once I finish the Talos principle, mm-hmm. I should, I should get it, but I, don't, I still don't think I have, I don't have Stanley principle now. 
Family Parable is more of a funny kind of game about right. choices in video games. This is more about act of making video games and art in general, really. Mm. And like how, how it, people's emotions guide all that stuff and how those interactions with, like the audience's interactions with it guide the creation and like that relationship. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I'm, that's a, Maybe we can talk again if you end up playing at some point, but. No, I, I kind of want to just because it's so unusual. The yeah. video is, is, is this fake Windows environment actually part of the game? Yes. Okay, I figured that was the case. This is surreal. The like, first, that's so the, odd. The first level is a, like you're just basically walking through, it's kind of weird to explain, but the first level is a Counter-Strike level. A, a modified Counter Strike level. Mm. It, it's and it's yeah, like it, it talk. It, it's kind of you have to experience to to kind of get to get it. It's it's right. weird, but it's good. It's, it's totally different than most things. It certainly looks like it. Yeah. You ready to talk about some Runaways? I'm ready to run right away. Ooh. Uh, with that, we will move on to our final segment. Our final segment of the week. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. <laughs> Nerdboy Book Club is a part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and uh, discuss it like you would uh, a book club. In-depth uh, spoilers are bound, obviously. Um, this week we are doing Runaways, Volume 2, numbers 1 through 18. It is collected in the Runaways Collection, Volume 2, uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn, with art by Adrian Alfana and Takeshi Miyazawa. Uh, all the people worked on the, our last week's volume, uh, the first volume of Runaways. Um, is this, do you have any, like, what, when you think of Runaways, do you think of it as a whole, like all Brian K. Bond's Runaways at least, do you think of it as a whole, Eric, or do you, like, do you think of it as in these chunks? That is an interesting, uh, that is an interesting question. Because I do, I think that I, I sort of see it as a whole, and, but I, I sort of mentally check the, uh, the parts of it that gave me the biggest emotional responses, and I think most of those were in, these books. Okay. These ones that we're reading now. I don't know. I still really thoroughly enjoy these and the stories in here, the stories with Carolina, uh, struggling with her sexuality is one of my favorite things. Uh, Gert from the future and her really struggling, like just that loathing of, of herself and, uh, what ultimately happens to her. I don't know. I think that's, Really great. Plus, we get another cloak and dagger story. We do. Like a mystery story. Mm-hmm. And a guy made out of bees. <laughs> I, I like the guy made out of bees. Yeah, he's funny. He gets a hole blown in him, and he's just like, eh. They're, you killed, like, seven of my bees. It was more than seven, but yeah. I, I know. It was a he did, he did throw out a number. Yeah, it was. I wish there was more Carolina in this. I like Carolina a lot. I wish we'd see more of the space stuff. Mm-hmm. It could it could definitely uh, be good. I feel like that is a very in, like that is a very interesting thing, and we don't get much of it. Like we get when she's on Earth with Zaven, mm-hmm. but then as soon as they leave, like I, like we don't jump. We see them very briefly in space. Like I guess part of that, I guess they're trying to drum up drama about if we if they're alive or not, because them returning is is part of the you know they're the cavalry for a certain extent. Uh, yes, coming to reinforce the the core team as they fight. Uh, what's his name? Young young version of Alex's father. Oh yeah, um, it's, it's Wilder. Yeah, that last name. But what's his first name? 
Joffrey. Jeffrey. Jeffrey, right. Uh, whichever, whichever way it's pronounced, yeah. it's written down. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Jeff. Yeah. Cause he, Most, some, one dude, one of the, one of the guys calls him Jeff and he's like, don't call, call me Jeffrey. Yeah. yeah. Um, I said I had complex feelings. It was complicated feelings. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to know about those. I, I felt myself not liking the members of the team as much. Like they're still good characters. Mm hmm. But I, didn't, I'm, I didn't like them, really. Like, I didn't, like, I found them, I, I, I understand, like, there's nothing out, that happened that's out of character with them. I mean, they just got betrayed by, you know, one of their members. They are, got split off by, you know, all the, the superheroes of the Marvel Universe eventually come back together. And, and, you know, they're being visited by the future version of one of their members saying, you know, don't, you know, giving them weird warnings about the future, about one of their members and all that stuff. But, like, out of that comes a lot of distrust and, you know, like, uh, it just, it's not out of character, but I don't like it, you know, like, you understand, like, mm-hmm. like, it makes me, I don't, I don't like necessarily stories where the main storyline is, like, people on the team don't like each other, and they have to fight, and then well, I think you, you, likability of characters is very important to you, personally, well, um, it, and I know that you, you, when we would read Fantastic Four stories, that were like what you're describing, mm-hmm. you know, that, that also didn't sit well for you. Yeah. And I mean, and the, by the end of this story, they're mostly like in the middle, it comes back. Like, I like it when the team's a team, when after Victor kind of becomes a, a, like a, basically a team member where they don't mm-hmm. distrust him anymore. Like it feels really overblown of the amount of distrust they throw at him. Right. In the early goings. Like, he shows nothing, like, all of the, everything, all the information they're given about him is from a future version of one of the, who of they, Gert, who yeah. they also are very distrustful of. Yeah, so they don't even, like, they don't like her, they don't believe it's her, and then suddenly, oh, they believe everything she said. Mm-hmm. And that suddenly Victor, who is, by all accounts, a great kid. Yeah, he's, Victor is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's really interesting. I really like Victor. Um, Absolutely. I, but the amount of, like, like questioning they throw at him despite you know all evidence to the contrary is frustrating it's like those moments in like horror movies when you're like what are you doing don't do that stop that you, mm-hmm. but they're teenagers and they're like you right. know i and they had multiple like they've been betrayed by their parents and by a team member like i like so i can see them being distrustful of someone who they've been told is going to betray the, the world basically but mm-hmm. i still wish that that every time someone new shows up, they don't like. Again, that's what they, the time the vampire kid showed up. They immediately trusted him, and that bit him in the butt. So I can understand mm-hmm. why they yes. would why they would act that way. But it just gets frustrating when I want them to be friends. I guess that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I it, this is consistent with uh, this is consistent with what I know about your personality. I just want all these. I like all of them. Why aren't you guys friends? You're cool. Yeah. You guys are cool. Yeah. Be friends. I love how I keep coming back to this panel. I think it's just because I love Carolina so much. It's when she was gonna fight the uh, the blonde lady that used to be in Power Pack. Right. I love. I really like all that. I love. Oh the, yeah. That's my favorite part. Is, are those guys them mm-hmm. being terrible? <laughs> yeah, they're pretty funny. They're 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 pretty wonderful. But I just love that she's like flying towards her, looking for a fight. And Caroline is like, you are so pretty. 
And she's like so taken aback, but she's just like, you're really pretty too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so adorable. And it's like, thank you. It's, ex- it's exactly what she would, would do. Like I, I just like Carolina. She's just like so earnest, so honest. She just like totally puts it out there, but she like, I don't know the, the whole like struggling with being a lesbian thing. I, it just, oh man. That that gives me the feels. It yeah, really it, does. It's very compelling. It is. And that, and again, that I just wish we could see like we're we're they kind of shortcut the development of of Zavin and her relationship. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of that bothers me a little. Uh, it's an interesting way to look at it. Well, like okay, so Zavin shows up. He like everyone who shows up now, they immediately think, well, he is a jerk first. But uh, or, or, I don't. He or she, it's a, I don't know if they have, because... Scrolls like, apparently don't have gender. I think that's a fair enough thing to take away from that. Yeah, uh, so... Or they have, they are completely gender fluid, Yeah, they're, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but regardless, Zavin is a jerk at first. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, you know, he, Carolina and, and Zavin fly off in space, and, you know, they, by the time we meet up with them again, they are, you know... In love, they have a, a good relationship, and uh, but I just wish we could see it, even a montage, like or yeah, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be bad. I I wonder why that decision is the way it is. Whether it was just to be that cavalry moment, cavalry moment, excuse Ca- me, cavalry. Yeah, if it's if it was just to bring that moment in there, or they they really sort of skirt around um sex and sensuality yeah. in in these books like you don't even really see them kiss much but it's it's very much about that while being very pg yeah it, it it's it's a strange thing when like it's overt like yes i am i am a lesbian mm-hmm. and that, like they have a whole scene about it and yet and how the scrolls can change gender if they, you know, whenever they feel like it, they are shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Uh, but then, yeah, there's no, like, it's all just, like, it, there's no physical kind of affection, most, for the most part. It's all emotional right. affection. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't know how much is that. It's just being a, a, I mean, this was between 2005, 2008 is, yeah. is the volume two. So I don't. I would think it has to do with the marketing at. Uh, Children and teens. Yeah, yeah, not at, you know, it's like we mentioned last, like you had the, the. It's not the, Fury Max. No, it's the, the manga, you had the, the, the manga version, the manga sized pocket, pocket manga. Pocket manga version, yeah. Yeah, which is like that, Mark, I mean, I remember that that was, this was not the only book to do that either. There were, mm-hmm. there were others who did the same thing. They were, I guess, I mean, the manga market still is very strong and is, you know, is targeted at that audience and does very well. Um, so I guess Marvel was trying to do that, but I think that changing the size of it and having a comic book as well is kind of, that's a stretch. Like just it, right for the format, if you guess. Um, I don't know. You can, I mean, Brian K. Vaughn has not been timid about showing any kind of, uh, you know, sexual, you know, physical, uh, affection in his, mm-hmm. his, his books since then. So. Yes. It's, I don't think it's a, it's pro, I probably lay up straight on the shoulders of Marvel, Marvel editorial staff, I'm guessing. Well, it, 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 it feels like a marketing decision to me and not, I mean, it's, it is an editorial decision, but for, I think, sound reasons. Yeah. And not just like, oh, icky. No, I'm, it's nothing to do with, I don't know, the personal 
feelings more about them. I'm trying, I guess, responding to the market and stuff. Certainly, we can see how things have changed in those intervening years, in the short intervening years. Like, I don't, I feel like that's much more acceptable now, mm-hmm. even though you still don't see it very much. Um, we get an actual villain, like from outside of, like a, a Marvel villain, gives, makes an appearance mm-hmm. in Ultron. Ultron and sort of Doctor Doom. Yeah, Doombot. <laughs> Doombot. Hey, Doombot. Uh, mm-hmm. Who is a red herring? Yes. I kind of wish it was just Doctor Doom. It would have been cool, but Victor would be a different character. He would. Be. You're right. And he wouldn't really have any superpowers, and it would. I don't know. I think he is much more interesting the way he is as a you know artificial life form cyborg robot kid. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting additional layer of identity that he has, you know, that he he has to deal with like, oh, am I am I a human? Am I a, a robot? And you know, do I I have feelings? Do I whatever? It's interesting that way. I I feel like the Adrian Alfana in this book is closer to the yes the Adrian Alfana we see in this Marvel as well. He has grown, grows. Mm-hmm. Still. He is becoming. He is becoming our guy. Yeah, you can see more of that the weird kind of character and stuff that he, we see in Miss Marvel, like personality and cartooning and stuff. It's a little bit more in us than in that first volume. I don't like that free comic book day issue where they fight the X Men. <laughs> well, it's not in my edition, so I didn't read it. Don't so worry. Maybe, you, I be, you did, maybe I should be glad that I didn't did read it. It's, it's very forgettable. It's okay. the X Men being idiots. Well, that never happens, does it? Never. But, I mean, it's very, like, out of, like, being idiots in ways different than they expect, I guess. It mm. just feels out of character for them. And I don't really, I don't necessarily like the fact that all adults in all, like, I, I know it's a kind of a theme of the book is, you know, the runaways, we can't trust the adults. Mm-hmm. But I wish some adult somewhere was, I mean, Captain America is just, he's generally a good person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not so much here. No, I, I don't. I feel like he, they, they, all of them are purposely set up as antagonists. In mm-hmm. A little, it feels a little artificial. Well, I think it's done. I mean, it's it's clearly done to be from their perspective. When yeah, you're, yeah. When you're a child, it's pretty typical that you feel like like a, adults are just being dicks. Yeah, yeah. For no good reason. So, but in the yeah. but I mean, even the fact that like. Even when they're trying to go after Cloak, like they trust, like with the amount of chicanery that villains can get up to in the Marvel Universe, they trust the security camera mm-hmm. and like go right after Cloak. I just well, since we're on this topic, okay. Let me let me get to the page so I can read you exactly. Oh, okay. I get some evidence. what it says. Yeah, I want to know what you think this means. Hmm. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Get away from me. Get. No, no. Oh, God, is he. Don't look, Molly. What does that mean? Where is that? Uh, it's, uh, they're all in the priest's office looking at the tape. Does Dagger get raped? I sincerely, yeah, I sincerely hope not. I didn't read that the first. I I never I never thought much about that before, but why would you co- cover up Molly's eyes? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I, I could because the guy that does it 
is like obsessed with her. Yeah, that's true. He is kind of like creepy pervert stalker guy. He is. I wouldn't put it past him, but still, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. What else would his motivation be? But I don't particularly want, I don't know. It doesn't feel we, like it belongs in the story. No, we don't need, a, yeah, we don't need a story like this to be Dagger getting raped. So I don't know. I uh, just, I assumed that, I didn't even think about it until you just said that. So, I, cause I assumed like, like, why would that be in this story? Well, I but have. But now that you this, say that, I was, right. yeah. I have read this many, 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 many times and it has never occurred to me that this was happening. You know, it only stuck out this time and I'm like, is that really what's going on here? You're looking for discussion on this? Yeah, that's exactly doing. They don't ever seem to address it on the back end. No. That's an eight. Great, there's more than one time where that or get raped. Um In Runaways? No, not in Runaways, in, in Marvel. The history of Cloak and Dagger. But of course. Um people are saying no, but in fact there's a question. Yes. Well, I don't know. Now they're saying there's other people there it's a question. I don't think mm-hmm. it's ever been answered. Whatever the case is, I sincerely hope that that it's just not there, that that's not the case. It, yeah, it doesn't feel like it should be there, but it, I can't say no now. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like it could be. Wildly inappropriate. I mean, I think that it suits the terrible pervert character. Yeah. But it does not suit the tone of this. No. It, it, I that... could see him, like, I don't know. He would probably, like, sexually assault her in this position, whatever that would mean. I don't know whether he would full-on rape her or not. Whatever the case is, yeah, that's something that I don't think we needed. No. I could um, live without it for the most I, part. I, from the, the brief look I learned just now, it seems like it's a question. Some people mm-hmm. say yes, some people say no. But, yeah, it doesn't doesn't belong in mm-hmm. a, a story. This story about kids, like, trying to grow up. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, they, they definitely, he definitely tries to make it a very hard, harsh world. And I think that's, maybe that's what they thought you needed to have a gritty comic book back then. Well, again, I think uh, that's even if is the case, I think kind of come to the, well, I mean, it's still bad. Like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like where, like to make something grim, you say, hey, throw some rape in there. Like Mm -hmm. I want to say like, we're starting to get to the point where people are like, don't, you shouldn't do that lightly. Mm -hmm. It should be something that you use carefully. Like it's a, Mm -hmm. it's not a thing just to throw into a plot to make to like substitute for actual character development. Um, but, I mean, in context, it seems like, I don't know, the, the, that could be, if that's the case, it makes sense why those heroes are so angry. Yes. And, and more, you know, hard line towards Cloak, even though they've existed, uh, even at this point, Cloak and Dagger have been around for 20, if not longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Cloak is a member of the Civil War team. That is happening, he's a member of the good guy team in Civil War, of the anti-registration of Captain America's team at the same, at this very same time. So, I don't know feels strange for them to then the fact that he and dagger are like brother and sister you know, mm-hmm. I don't know that's it's more probably me my attachment cloak and dagger than necessarily the what's in the story but yes my head cannon is different you did just say head cannon I did and anyone who okay the staff anyone who has that staff can cast magic spells is that what Cause, apparently yes okay it's it's it it it, it has the magic and not 
not necessarily the the uh, Nico. The Nico. The Nico. I mean, this it isn't within it's within her, but it's not necessarily only controlled by her. Mm-hmm. I really do like Chase with suspenders. Chase is Chase is endearing. I think I like Chase the most after all this. I think he's he is uh, he's really hitting his stride in this book. I think he's getting more and more likable. So and, I, and I, I, I no Victor for sure. Like I think so that, that, that that those characters kind of uh, I mean I, I Nico is the like very unlikable in this. I think I understand what your your viewpoint mm-hmm. you were talking about last week. I'm like I really liked her after the first volume, but she's not not nice. Like not I mean she's the leader, mm-hmm. so she's got to kind of be I guess more cutthroat at certain points. But yes, she's also a confused dumb child. Yeah, that's I guess. When you read a book about confused dumb children, you can't it's you can't be too upset when they act confused and dumb. Which is what I kept telling myself. Do you like the fact that they brought back, you know, a wilder? They mm-hmm. just brought do you, do you enjoy that do that that the, you know bringing that back around and using the gibberum again? I think I think so. Okay. I believe something like this happens yet again. <laughs> that it's <laughs> uh it's it's sprinkled in the story one more time in the next couple of books. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely find it interesting and it's good to see, it's good to see, uh, Jeff Wilder, like in his prime and like, what a, what a badass and like, what a fucking jerk he is. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. Well, and it makes, and like, we see why, like why they became the pride in the first place, why, how they worked as like so well. Do you, do you see any of this, uh, Brian K. Vaughn kind of taking shots at superheroes? Like the conventions of superheroes, because hmm. a lot of I mean a lot I I don't I don't know some of it like uh, it, like the way he writes the adults and stuff like a lot of it can be interpreted as just well they're that's the kids how the kids see the adults but I don't know the other like maybe you know like the kids have those ca- those you know they use their names in the first volume and then they stop they just use their actual names they they're like this is dorky yeah we should stop this and like they don't have ca- like someone asks if they have a, a like a battle cry or something and they say try not to die is their battle cry <laughs> and stuff like that i i just, i'm just curious like if you sense any kind of I, I don't know resentment towards the superhero genre hmm that's an that is an interesting question. I don't know. He doesn't handle them. Um, he doesn't handle them in a uh, a reverent, an overly reverent way, which we might be more used to. Yeah. In this day and age, that people are like, "Oh man, I was a fan, and I love Jack Kirby, and I just I want to fondle Stan Lee's balls." You know. Um, I think that's probably what's so different about it um that he'll like what is what is it he does with with wolverine where's the new york book where like what does wolverine like try and attack one of the kids or something and it's a little unusual and i don't know they're all kind of dicks to them Mm -hmm. you can't tell me though that uh spider-man saying that he's batman no spider-man is great actually No, spider-man is Full on amazing in this. I, that makes but, me wish uh, that Brian K. Vaughn had written extensive run on Spider Man. Like that is, he gets everything about Spider Man 100% mm-hmm. accurate. I, I don't like that. That, I think if I could pinpoint one thing I don't like is when Nika, Nico just goes straight after Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Like no, like reading, no like talking to him. Like that bothers me. Cause that seems, that's the one thing where I go, 
he's they're sitting like they're not there's nothing overtly threatening about him and she throws a fireball at him. And I don't know if it's necessarily out of character, but it doesn't make me not like much anymore. Poor Spider-Man. Can't pick on Spider-Man. Can't make Spider-Man take a nap. It's just going to mess up his whole sleep schedule. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a hard time with that. I love Molly screaming at Wolverine. You know, the thing that, that this these books are, the and I, I don't remember if I said this before or not, but it's exactly the proto-Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And... This whole scene with Wolverine, it just makes me think of the two or so issues where she was palling around with Wolvie in the sewer. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's the difference between the two and I, like, Miss Marvel is kind of reverent towards heroism. Mm-hmm. And it's about how, you know, everyone can kind of be heroic, even if they're not a superhero. And reverent towards, I mean, I miss, like, Miss Marvel, even the name, like, she's taking the name of a superhero. Right. It's it's definitely about it's it is like that hero worship and it's about you know it, it honestly it's kind of about finding out that your heroes are actually pretty awesome yeah even though they're real people where this is sort of about finding out that adults are all just sort of faking it <laughs> and they might be they might be doing like stuff that you don't agree with and you've got to go out and make your own way in the world I, and I think that. The way that these adventures are acting is definitely tied into that thesis. Yeah, exactly. I I I just don't know if we get enough of them, mm-hmm. enough interaction to really nail that home. It's it's I don't know. Who's Steve Gutenberg? Well, that is a fair question. <laughs> yeah, he's a curly haired angel. That's who he is. <laughs> he was in uh, right? police academies. Police academy. I don't know about. Cocoon, but I, that was there was certainly some person in Cocoon. There were Wilford Brindley was in Cocoon. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to say that? Uh, never mind. That's too dumb to even put it in, put it into the universe. Steve Gutenberg is in Cocoon, that's right? Okay, this is news you can use. With Wilford Brindley, Don Amici, Brian Dennehy, Jessica Tandy, all in Cocoon. You want you want me to? Have you seen Cocoon? I have not. Not really. I know of it. It's an interesting fact is that. Tom Cruise is older now than Wilford Brimley was when he was in Cocoon. That is truly interesting. And yet, Tom Cruise is filming Mission Impossible movies where he holds his breath yeah. for six minutes and hangs off airplanes. I, I think the uh, the lesson to be learned is don't grow a mustache. Might be it. Ages you. Mm-hmm. Never seen Tom Cruise with a mustache. Mm-hmm. Science. Yep, that sounds like science. Do you think we'll ever see Gertrude again? I really hope so. I really liked her as grown up uh Avengers Gert. And that like I that that really like excited me. And I mean the fact that she is around that the future to come mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it right, it's not that improbable that she could be brought back. I mean it's absolutely a comic book trope that will come back constantly. <laughs> yes. So Oh, okay. Okay, that's that's not related at all. Okay. Hmm. I'm getting cross wires here about superheroes. Um, is there anything else? I, I, I covered most everything. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Anything else you had? Any questions or discussion? I don't know. We didn't really talk too much about Gert's death. I mean, we have we did just address it. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want to unpack it at all? I think it's a really significant moment 
in the story. It is. But I don't know. But I, I, I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, there's, I think a lot of, I, I don't necessarily like that, again, because it's that rooted in that, like, let's cause dis, dis, unrest in the team, mm-hmm. and they fight each other, and then, oh, things happen. Um, there, I mean, it is kind of that, that, that sacrifice mm-hmm. that we see, that, you know, I, I feel like the fact that it is rooted in that, in that scene, it makes it, that all that, all that is kind of muddled, all that at the end, because mm-hmm. of, like, the infighting and then them, the Zaven having, uh, changed shape and, you know, like, there's constant, like, bait and switches going on throughout the entire time. And, I don't know, it felt, felt like it cheapened that a little to me. I, I, I wanted it to feel more. Cause, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it should, it's like a, it is a big thing, like, she is dead and she has stayed dead. Like it, it, it is a, it's a real comic book death, you know? Mm-hmm. It has, it hasn't been, we haven't seen runaways return and then suddenly, boom, Kurt's back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, where'd you go? Oh, I'm fine. Don't worry. Like, and I guess, uh, uh, we haven't read anything after that, so I don't have any kind of, it, and the book most basically ends with her dying and then them kind of having like a little bit of a moment mm-hmm. and then it's over. But I don't know. I, I wish, I maybe it should just, a little bit more time to sit in that. Yeah. And that'll probably be unpacked more yeah. in the next book. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, I'm thinking that it kind of bothers me that we don't get to see too much of Gert being competent. And I think that's kind of what is so intriguing about, about her becoming, uh, like the, the leader of the Avengers in the future. That, that idea, like, oh, she's so super badass, she doesn't have fucking powers, she's like, she becomes Captain America, except probably not, like, combat, I don't know. No, I mean, you can get training. I guess. In comic books you can, anyway. Yeah, in comic books you can, not in real life, like, get competent self-defense skills against Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I mean, that's, and I guess that's, it's kind of the drawback of a team book, in that. There's only so much time for any one character, and uh, since a lot of this book is rooted in them learning, being kids, and like you know, this whole series, honestly, like it's it's them being competent is is kind of moments instead of you know anything sustaining. You know, they they get moments of where they go yes, and they you know they do something great, and then a lot back to kind of like making mistakes. It's, it's weird that these covers they choose for these complete collections. The characters look nothing like this inside the book. No, they don't. This guy was like a big cover artist at the time. He did like the Buffy series. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's very strange to me. You look at the cover and you're like, hey, I mean, Nico looks similar. Carolina to a certain extent, but that that's not Molly. That's not, Chase, no. Chase is not anime boy. Well, why, uh, yeah, Alex Wilder didn't have, uh, spiky hair. <laughs> he had a big afro. Yeah. Because that's 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 what he was. He was a black kid. That's it's okay. It's normal. <sighs> yeah, that's exciting. You got a case of the sleeves all of a sudden. Yeah, me too. This is low energy into our podcast here. Oh, well, hey, Eric, how you doing? Yeah. Oh, oh, sound effects. Um, no, is there anything else? I I we, I, I think that's uh, Gert's death is the end of this 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 series and the, mm-hmm. this this arc, I guess. And then their next our next chapter will be uh, collected in complete collection volume three. This is where Ranking Bond ends, and then Joss Whedon ends up picking it up. It includes nineteen thirty of this volume plus 
um, Secret Invasion Civil War tie-ins, which I don't know how. I, I no, I don't. I don't think I ever read those tie-ins. So curious, I, especially at Secret Invasion. That's mm. it's. The, I guess that's a crossover with Young Avengers. Well, it's so so Civil War. I don't know. I don't. It's very strange that they're in the Civil War Young Avengers book. Mm. Tie-ins make no sense, but uh, I think the ch- main chunk is the, is the 1930. It's the most important thing, but. That will be reading next week. Finish this. Uh, we're ignoring the Terry Moore stuff that happens after. Mm-hmm. It's well worth ignoring. <laughs> you really sort of missed the point, I think. And I don't particularly dislike him as a, a writer creator, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'd, it's not this. Yeah, we can wrap it up for this week. Mm-hmm. Some more Runaways next week. Some more comic books. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. All the old time. Yeah. Uh, so next week, that is Runaways Complete Collection Volume 3, 1930, plus Civil War Secret Invasion tie-ins. Uh, I am just buying these, hard- these, uh, these collections. Makes it nice and simple. Eric's having to scrounge around. Mm-hmm. Plebeian. A plebe. plebe. I think they, they use that a lot in Malcolm Middle, I think. Call people plebes. Yeah. It was an underrated show. I enjoy it. I mean, it's got the Cranston in it. Yeah, exactly. That was before people realized that Brian Cranston's like a genius. He is a fucking genius. Um, yeah. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find us on iTunes. Uh, if you like us, please rate, review, subscribe to us there. It really helps us out. Uh, it helps new people find us. We really appreciate it. Um, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Uh, on Twitter, at hbchour. Email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Any of those places you want us to read something specific, uh, reach out to us if you have comments, criticisms, any of that stuff. Let us know. We'd like to hear from you guys. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at MixmasterSerial. It's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-R-C-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and you can see all the other things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com and from there you can I you can find me on the Twitter I am at Mr. Bad Example spelled M-R Bad Example so that folks we will call it a day have a good one rock and roll <laughs>